Hi, everyone. Welcome to this special edition, I guess you could say, of uh, Liberty Doll. So there has been a lot that has been going on in the news over the last 24 hours. And um, it's a lot of it is breaking and it is so crazy that I didn't think that I would really have time to do my typical process of writing out a video, filming it, editing it, and then getting up for you guys. So we're doing something a little bit different today. And I'm going to talk to you about it live, face to face. Um, so this news actually came out last night on the typical, like, regular stream. But um, if you guys have been here for a while, you know that I'm the kind of person that I kind of need to take a few hours, maybe, <laughs> sometimes, to really do some research and get some thoughts together and things so that I can really discuss something. So um, I have some notes for you guys today about everything that's going on. So um, if you have not been anywhere on social media yet today, or I don't even know, I'm sure they're talking about it in the news, um, newspapers, if you know some of you still read those, um, it's, it's all over everywhere. Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, passed away last night at the age of 87. She did succumb to cancer. It was, I believe, her fourth bout of cancer on top of cases of pneumonia, uh, falls, broken ribs, I believe, all kinds of crazy health issues that she had. She has passed away. The news came in, I believe, around like 7.30 last night was when we found out about it here and folks started telling me. And um, it's interesting. I've been seeing a lot of memes on social media about people talking how their first reaction was not the sadness or grief that they should have felt, but that their first reaction was, in fact, fear. I'm sort of feeling a similar way, but not because, uh, not the way that those memes are typically meant. The consensus general reaction right now with folks that are making memes and posting memes and statuses like that are they are afraid that now women are going to lose all of their rights and we're going to be going into a Handmaid's Tale sort of scenario with everyone with the red robes and the white bonnets, uh, people talking about how abortion is now dead and, you know, women aren't going to be able to get health care. Some people really going off the deep end and saying that now women won't even be able to vote, which is insane but you know on social media free speech and all that fun stuff and just because we have free speech and you can say what you want does not mean that you have to be intelligent about it um so when i see those memes i'm kind of i didn't react with fear at first but the more that i am seeing what people are saying and how people are reacting to it there there is a little bit of fear and anxiety creeping in um because i'm seeing things like this. I posted about this on Twitter earlier. Um, check this out. So these are some, these tweets, some of them have been taken down. Um, actually, let's see, can we zoom in on this for you guys here? Um, a lot of these have been taken down or the accounts have been locked. So you can't see a lot of these anymore. But uh, this guy posted this. He said, if they even try to replace RBG, we burn the entire effing thing down. And in that thread, we had a lot of responses. These are now a lot of times locked accounts now, so you can't see a lot of these. 
um, people saying this is war. If Democrats lose the election, we lose everything. Democrats need to do drop their self-righteousness and be ready to fight dirty. This is war. Uh, if McConnell tries to nominate new justice, Dems must take to the streets, riot, destroy property until the demand is met. No new justice before the election. Physically attack GOP senators if that's what it takes. This is war. Uh, we have another one over here. RBG is gone and that means it's game time. This is war. And we all need to act like it. Be ready to be word resources and bodies on the line. We got Senate races that just got that much more important. It's time to fight. Another one. This is war. Every single resistor unite. Democrats, all you better fight as hard and as dirty as the Republicans have before. No butter knives at gunfights. Fight for us and we have your backs. Another one. This is war. This is war. Straight up war. We need to fight with everything we have. This is war. Tons and tons and tons of tweets I'm seeing on social media like that. Uh, we also have this. This is is nuts to me as well. All of these people here, look at this, calling, well, wishing, I don't want to say calling, um, wishing that something very bad and no good happens to Mitch McConnell. And that is because Mitch McConnell is, of course, in the Senate and has been talking about how quickly they need to work to replace and fill her seat before the election. A lot of people are upset about this because he previously in the um, Obama years talked about, uh, I be believe it was um, Scalia. Scalia passed away. I'm trying to find uh, where he talked about it here. When uh, Scalia passed away during the Obama administration, uh, Mitch McConnell said that we should not pick anyone. Uh, and that was months, months before the election back then. Now, people are also freaking out because according to this article, as it says, as it now stands, oh, Yahoo did something weird. <laughs> Uh, seven remaining members of the U.S. Supreme Court. Five have been appointed by Republican presidents and two by Democratic presidents. But realistically, the way that people lean, it is quite possible that should something come to the Supreme Court between now and then, that there could be an even split. That would be troublesome <laughs> for many, many reasons. Um, it's also interesting that Trump put out a new, he added to the list of people who he would possibly pick for Supreme uh, Court justices just a week ago, just a week ago. And one of them that he had said was Tom Cotton, who <laughs> responded by posting on Twitter that it's time for Roe v. Wade to go. So that contributes to the fact that a lot of people are saying that now this is going to be an end to women's rights, abortion rights, blah, 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 blah. You know, my body, my choice, but only when it comes to abortion and not to things like masks and uh, <laughs> mandatory government vaccines, incidentally enough. So some of the, there's a few 
picks out there that are pretty popular. One of the ones that people are talking about the most right now is Amy Coney Barrett. She is the number one popular choice right now. Um, some people are speculating that it would be a good idea to pick her just based on the fact that she's a woman and so we can't have a Me Too movement around that. There's a lot of people. <laughs> I've actually talked to people in my personal life and friends and people online about this in the last few hours and it's interesting. All of them, their very first reaction was if they pick a man, there's going to be another Me Too accusation. And there's already jokes and memes about that happening on Twitter. It's entirely possible. So one of the reasons why this is so important to fill the seat so quickly is of course because of the election that I believe is what, 45 days away, something like that. I haven't counted, I've just been going <laughs> by what some of the articles are saying. And now there's a whole bunch of controversy going around about the upcoming election for numbers of reasons. Number one, um, both sides are saying that they, if the other side wins, they will not, I say the sides, so there's multiple sides, but of the two major parties, each side is saying that if the other side wins, they're not going to trust the results. And there are some good reasons for saying that because of the whole COVID-1984 conundrum, there has been a huge, huge push for mail-in voting. And there's a lot of people that say that it's perfectly fine and dandy and nothing can go wrong. And then there's the other side that points to, for example, a recent election in New Jersey, I believe it was, where the whole election was scrapped and seen as null and void because the mail-in voting was just so fraudulent and troubled and horrible that they just like scrapped the whole thing. There was corruption. I believe there's criminal charges being filed around it. It was insane. Not to mention, uh, before I moved to South Carolina a couple weeks ago, I got, are you ready? Not one, not two, but three <laughs> uh, mail-in ballot applications sent to me at my old home address all with different variations of my name on it. It had my maiden, I got one for my maiden name, one for my married name, and one that was my maiden and married name hyphenated, which is interesting. I'm not really sure how that happened because that's been changed in all the important places. <laughs> but nonetheless, with even just that anecdotal evidence, we can see how there could potentially be a problem with mail-in voting. People are saying that, well, they do it all the time with absentee ballots and those are just fine and there's no trouble around those. But there is a very, very stark difference between an issue or instance when someone is specifically requesting a ballot because they won't be in town or in state or whatever versus just sending out mass ballot applications and ballots out into the ether full scale across an entire state population or country population. We also have, we're in Pennsylvania, it's been decided that there is no signature verification needed for ballots. So if they get in a ballot and the signature doesn't match, and even if it looks very clearly forged or phony or whatever, that is not going to make the ballot null and void. 
they can't do anything about it. It just gets accepted as is. And signature verification was one of the fights that we had recently in Congress. And I don't even know if that's still going on at this point, but it's ridiculous. Um, Leroy Holly here in the chat says, even number of justices is bad news. Absolutely. <laughs> We're getting there. So we have all that going on with the election, right? So there are some theories out there. Well, actually, there's a lot of theories out there that we're basically going to get some sort of stalemate or standstill with the election for all kinds of various possible reasons. Um, the fact that it might take so long to count the ballots, uh, that, you know, ballots will get lost, ballots will suddenly and mysteriously reappear, people are going to want recounts. I don't even see how they'll be able to... <laughs> across the entire country, like count all of these ballots in time. I just, I don't see how this can go well according to the basic laws of time and space and physics. But regardless, there are some theories that because it is largely blue states that are pushing the mail-in ballots right now and the mail-in voting, that what you're going to see in a lot of places is all of the folks that are voting for Trump are going to go in person and vote for Trump, and those are the results we're going to get right away. And then it'll be weeks and weeks and weeks later that we're finding all of these blue ballots showing up, and then it'll look like Biden actually won. Either way, we, we know what happens Theoretically, it is written out in the Constitution what happens if we have a tie. It's not really written out what happens if the results flip-flop all willy-nilly all the time. And so we have a few different scenarios of how this all could go down. In the event of an electoral college tie, then what happens is it's actually Congress who decides who wins the election. First, it goes to the House, and if they reach a stalemate, then it goes to the Senate, and if they reach a stalemate, then the Senate picks the VP, who then acts as acting president, and it would be likely that they would pick Pence or something, and then we have that acting president until the election results are decided. The other possibility is it's the Succession Act, I believe, which would then put Nancy Pelosi in. But say that we don't have a tie and what we have is these disputed results and we have calls for recounts and we have lawsuits and the courts can't decide and the Congress can't decide and blah, 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 blah. So then at that point, if there are a bunch of lawsuits and they all go crazy, which I think is the most likely result at this point, then it goes to the Supreme Court. And if we have a tie on the Supreme Court, we are in trouble. You know, of course, the Democrats are pushing to not have someone picked until after the election because they are really, really hoping that Biden is going to win. Um, we also talked about on the live stream last night how 538 is currently predicting that Democrats will end up with a majority. They are a slight favor. Um, right now to basically maintain their majority in the House and gain a majority in the Senate. Um, there's also lots and lots of state elections going on right now, will, will be going on. There's a lot of Senate seats and um, House seats up. This is just ripe for trouble <laughs> and lawsuits. So 
likely scenario, the election is basically undecided and people fight about it and there's all these lawsuits and it goes up to SCOTUS. And then what happens if we have a tie on SCOTUS? I really have no idea at that point. Um, I don't know if that's anything that ever could have really even been predicted this entire scenario. But either way, having an even number of justices on the court is not a good idea with the hellstorm that is coming down the pike, quite frankly. So <laughs> it, I also believe that there is some sort of deadline um, that is sometime in December. So I believe that there is a deadline where if they're counting all the votes and still can't really decide what it means, there is some sort of deadline for that. Um, and again, that would fast track it to SCOTUS. So we have Trump saying that he's going to make his list and he's going to have someone picked by next week. We have McConnell saying that as soon as they get their list of picks or whoever it is that Trump tries to appoint, they are going to put it to a vote right away. Republicans have a majority in the Senate right now. If it is someone who is leaning conservative, it is likely that they would get their vote yes. So the big possibility right now that we have is Amy Coney Barrett, and she's actually a really interesting pick. Oh, first, I want to I forgot this a second ago. NPR, interesting, in the middle of all of this, NPR put out this article last night. Um, and it says, you know, it talks about how she's passed away. And in it, it says what was supposedly her dying wish. Um, let's see. She left some sort of statement where basically her dying wish that she supposedly dictated to her granddaughter was that she doesn't want to be replaced until, you know, I'll take that off until I actually find the um the line um either way she supposedly told her daughter as her dying wish that she did not want her seat to be filled until after the election which suggests that or actually she didn't even say until after the election she said until after a new president is picked so that meant that she didn't want Trump picking her replacement. So there's even people that are complaining about that and saying that Trump is not responding to her dying wishes and is not following through on that and it's disrespectful. Um, I understand that argument to a degree. That is a very emotional argument. And of course, everyone wants to abide by the, the dying wishes of their loved ones. Um, but that's not really logical and rational right now. And we can't let all, we, we can't let the future of this country and the election, which is already tenuous at best, hang in the balance because someone sadly on their deathbed said that they did not want to be replaced. So the top pick is uh, Amy Comey Barrett. And she's an interesting choice for a number of reasons, but it's interesting because if you go to her Wikipedia page, and I know it's it's Wikipedia, but bear with me, um, it says right in her wiki page, potential Supreme Court nomination. Barrett has been on President Donald Trump, 
Trump's list of potential Supreme Court nominees since 2017, almost immediately after her Court of Appeals confirmation. In July of 2018, after Anthony Kennedy's retirement announcement, she was reportedly one of the three finalists and the only woman Trump considered as Kennedy's successor. Trump instead, we all know, chose Brett Kavanaugh. Reportedly, although Trump liked Barrett, she was concerned he was concerned about her lack of experience on the bench. At the time, Barrett had been on the bench for less than a year. Obviously, that is no longer the case. She's had a little bit of time on the bench since then. Um, and now listen to this. Next paragraph. After Kavanaugh's selection, Barrett was expected to, quote, stay in the spotlight as a possible nominee for a future Supreme Court vacancy. Trump was reportedly saving Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat for Barrett if Ginsburg retired or died during Trump's presidency. Ginsburg died on September 18th, and Barrett has been widely mentioned as the front runner to her successor, or as the front runner to succeed her. Um, this last line there about her passing away was not on the wiki last night. And in fact, it's interesting because this bit about Trump saving her for Ginsburg's seat was up there before Ginsburg passed away. So that's kind of interesting. So um, the nice thing about Barrett, if she were the one to be picked, is she is considered a textualist, which means she goes by the text of the Constitution, as far as I know. Um, she also, one of the things that people don't like about her is this Latin thing that I'm not going to try to pronounce, but basically she does not believe in going back and overturning previous rulings, but you know, there is, of course, um, a possibility to change that if someone believes that previous decisions weren't good or accurate or were misinterpreted or misrepresented in some way. Um, they can't they, they can't go after her. Um, I mean, it would be not to say that women do not ever engage in sexual assault, but, it, you know, there's not going to be a Brett Kavanaugh moment whether or not you believe what happened with Brett Kavanaugh was true and um, Christine Blasey Ford, all of that, like that's not going to happen if they have a woman pick. Um, also because of the fact that she doesn't necessarily believe in going back and changing decisions, probably wouldn't be any issue with Roe v. Wade. Um, she's also come out in support of the Second Amendment, and her uh, mentor was actually even, uh, former mentor and boss even, was Scalia. So that looks pretty good. The, she also, um, it'll be interesting because she also was in a case where she ruled against qualified immunity for a police officer in a certain case, so it would be hard for the leftists to argue about that, because then if you look at it, then, you know, she's kind of almost on, on their side on that issue, and she's certainly on the side of libertarians on that issue. But the big thing is that she is openly Catholic, and there are she has already been accused of being a religious zealot by people on the left even long before this. There's um, some little snippets and, and clips going around social media and on Twitter today with Dianne Feinstein basically 
calling her names. Um, oh, someone is putting the Latin in in here. Stare de Kesis, decisis, decisis, whatever, something like that. <laughs> and now there's people talking Latin in the chat. Um, yes, so um, yes, there's already been people that are complaining that she is a religious zealot. And so that's probably going to be the number one argument and the way that they're going to paint her. Um, yeah, here we go. Actually, this talks about it right here. So this um, was her during her confirmation and nomination to the Seventh Circuit Court uh, in September of 2017. So that's interesting. During Barrett's hearing, Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein questioned Barrett about whether her Catholic faith would influence her decision making on the court because in 1998, Barrett wrote an article in which she argued that Catholic judges should in some cases recuse themselves from death penalty cases due to their moral objections to the death penalty. Which, I mean, I think might you could look that at that as kind of admirable if they don't think that they can make a rational, logical, and unbiased decision, then I think that that's kind of admirable, actually. Also note that that article was written in 1998, which is 22 years ago now, so it'll be interesting if they argue about that. But then, of course, we know that leftists have no issue whatsoever in bringing up issues from people's pasts and things that they've said in the past and use them to try to cancel them. Uh, worried that Barrett would not uphold Roe v. Wade, given her Catholic beliefs, Feinstein followed Barrett's response by saying, the dogma lives loudly within you, and that is a concern. So being that she has already been attacked about that, and Feinstein has already made those remarks, I think it's... Uh, that would come up again, quite certainly. Um, in response to Feinstein's remark, the conservative judicial crisis network began to sell mugs with Barrett's photo and the Feinstein dogma quote. <laughs> That's actually pretty interesting. Um, Feinstein's lens of questioning was criticized by some observers and legal experts and defended by others. The issue prompted questions about the application of Article 6, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution, which reads, no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. During her hearing, Barrett said it is never appropriate for a judge to impose that judge's personal convictions, whether they arise from faith or anywhere else on the law, which I think is a pretty good stance and a pretty good argument as to why she would be a good pick. Now, I see that there are some people putting some super chats in the chat, um, and I will get to those here um, instead of just spouting more information at you. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, David Buckwalter says, just heard from Tim Cast that Secret Service intercepted a package of ricin addressed to Trump. Man, that is interesting. Um, all of these breaking news items happening while I am live, apparently, over the last couple days here. Um, Polaris589 says, you should check out Michael Malice's timeline right after RBG's death. All right, I actually enjoy Michael Malice. Let's go take a look. Um, it's interesting because also last night, every possible thing, every, 
everything on the trending list on Twitter last night was related to SCOTUS, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I believe the words no, no, no were trending at something like 2.2 million last night. It was absolutely nuts. So I'm assuming that uh, this timeline of his is up on Twitter somewhere. Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> like he posted an article where uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg says she no longer has cancer. I uh, don't think that that's quite the case. Um, let's see here. Um, well, I'll keep looking for that and I will meanwhile go back to the super chats here. Um, Pi, that is all. Have a good night, according to Babby Compton. Uh, Leroy Hawley says, even number of justices is bad news. Matthew J. Killian says, what's your recommendation for a good starter firearm? Love the content. Stay frosty. Um, I will have to think about that. <laughs> Actually, Pinking554 says, states that are doing mail voting are stupid. Colorado has done mail-in voting for a few years, but there is a structure set up. They also have in-person voting as well. It will be interesting to see if some of these blue states even allow in-person voting for the folks that want to do it. And again, you know, a, a single state doing whatever mail-in voting when there is a structure in place, as Pinking554 says, is very different than doing it again at a national level and just mass sending out ballots. Um, I'm seeing all kinds of things up on social media of people saying that, you know, their dead relatives are getting uh, little things in the mail saying to apply for a ballot or saying like, hey, we want to give you a mail-in ballot. Uh, and that happens anyways. You know, we always hear months, sometimes years after an election, that there were a bunch of dead people that were still on the mailing rolls or the, the voting rolls and somehow placed votes. Um, you know, there was also, uh, just a few weeks ago, there was some activist company that was sending out mail-in ballot applications to people, I believe in the Chicago area. And in the end, it turned out that they weren't actually even affiliated with any election commission or committee or process. It was just some rando group that was duping people into applying on fake applications for their mail-in ballot. So if that hadn't reached the news, then all of those people probably would never even get their ballot. And, you know, especially if it's older folks, shut-ins, whatever, who knows, they might not, you know, they might just think they, for, who knows? It just wouldn't be good news. Um, Leroy Hawley says, thanks doll, you are the best. Um, Aaron Miller says that people protested at Mitch McConnell's house in Louisville today over replacing RBG. Oh, interesting. I know that, um, I think I saw that there were people protesting uh, in D.C. Well, there, there was also the siege that was supposed to be going on in front of the White House that then turned into like 50 days of improvational said it last night, 50 days of uh, improv jazz music, which is bizarre, but 
So to go back over the facts for people who are just tuning in, so far we've talked about how the breaking news last night of how Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away at the age of 87. Her supposed dying wish that she iterated to her granddaughter before passing away was that she would not be replaced until a new president was elected, which is knowing her political leanings is understandable, but at the same time, really, really puts a, uh, a wrench in the machine of government. We have leftists all over social media that are now saying that if uh, Trump tries to appoint someone, if uh, Mitch McConnell calls a vote on it, which they have both pledged to do, uh, leftists are saying that they are going to riot, they are going to destroy property. There are tons of folks on Twitter, at least, calling for civil war over this, which is ironic because I've definitely seen them call Republicans babies for calling for civil war, and now they're calling for civil war. And at this point, with the powder keg of everything that's going on, I mean, it is possible at this point, you know, we've already seen the numbers going up. There's there's companies and universities out there that poll people every now and then as to how likely they think a civil war is. And those numbers have been creeping up. At one point, it was about a, close to a quarter of Americans. Then it was a third. Now it's something like 35 to 39 percent of people in America think that a civil war is coming. So that number is really rising. We've got this slow boil going. We've had people that have been cooped up in their houses for six, seven months now at this point, you know, wearing masks. So they have the, you know, the possibility to go out and wreak havoc anonymously. Basically, people are emotionally worn down. They are spent. They are burnt out. And, you know, we have, I think it'll be repeats of that video that I use or that clip that I use in some of my videos sometimes during the inauguration of people just like collapsing on the ground and screaming at the sky. I think we're going to have that, but we already have riots going down. We already have Antifa and looters in the streets. We already have people that are you know, setting fires and, and setting things on fire, looting things, destroying property. We have angry mobs going in and, you know, people getting shot, people getting killed, all of this crazy chaos happening in all of these blue cities for the most part. And then something like this, and then it's all the leftists that are saying that they're going to riot and start fires and destroy property and go to war over all of this. I mean... It seems like the possibility for that stuff to actually happen is there. Um, you know, I'm picturing the, the Doom Paul memes where they show him and, if you, and he's like, it didn't have to come to this. You just had to listen. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we have two. There's also the possibility that uh, say, say that... We have like in 2016, where maybe Trump does come out somehow, uh, you know, despite all the corruption and time with the mail-in voting that all of this could happen. Say that Trump comes out and he wins the Electoral College, but he loses the popular vote. Same thing as in 2016. The left has already been calling to an end to the Electoral College after 2016's election. It's 
perfectly viable that then they could turn around and say, well, you know what? Um, uh, the votes were too close in my state or, you know, hey, the popular vote won and, you know, we're not going to be ruled by the Electoral College anymore. That would be another reason that people might flip out and take to the streets. It's anything is possible at this point. Um, Rod L. Miller says that Vantage Gupta CR tweeted video of Senator Lindsey Graham in 2016 stating that if an R gets elected in 16's election, D's will block any SCOTUS nomination next election year. Well, that's interesting. And it's interesting, too, because I saw a tweet earlier, um, an old Chuck Schumer tweet, where he was saying that even if, uh, even if, um, a justice has retired or passed away close to an election, that seat needs to be filled. And of course now, because it's the nomination isn't on their side, they're changing their tune. Hmm. Jesse Meek says, has Trump put forth a possible replacement? Sorry. Just joining and trying to catch up with the thread of conversation. So Trump has not yet put forth a uh, possible replacement. He did say uh, that he is going to be doing it next week. So here's an article from WAPO. Uh, Trump signals he will move quickly to nominate a successor to Ginsburg. Uh, he said Saturday that he intends to move quickly, telling fellow Republicans that they should move forward without delay. Let me actually zoom in here so you guys can see this better. We were put in this position of power and importance to make decisions for the people who so proudly elected us, the most important of which has been long been considered to be the selection of United States Supreme Court justices. Trump said in a tweet, we have the obligation without delay. Um, I've seen other headlines where he said that he was going to have a pick next week, and McConnell has said that that will be voted on in the Senate ASAP. And right now, the top pick is Amy Coney Barrett, who is currently a circuit judge and has actually been one of Trump's top picks since 2017. He was originally going to, she was one of the top three finalists during um, the whole Kavanaugh debacle to replace Kennedy. He ended up going with Kavanaugh because he had more experience and said that he was worried that Barrett didn't have enough experience yet. Um, I believe she would also be, if not the youngest, but one of the youngest appointed Supreme Court justices if she were to get it. Um, people are not going to like her largely uh, because she is religious. She is openly Catholic, has talked about how justices should recuse themselves if they don't think that they would be able to make an unbiased decision over things like the death penalty, and she is pro-Second Amendment. There will also be some controversy around her, I'm sure, because uh, she did rule on a case about qualified immunity and ruled against the police officer and qualified immunity in that case. So that is pertinent to some of the current events that are going on. Um, top picks were also Ted Cruz. Eh, there's not really much going on there. Tom Cotton was also mentioned. But uh, he was mentioned last week because Trump had updated his picks last week, ironically enough. And Tom Cotton immediately came out and said that he would work to overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, 
So he's probably not going to get chosen. Um, it's probably going to be a woman. And actually, Trump has told people that he is his pick is likely going to be a woman. And I believe that Barrett is the only woman in his top choices. So um, WAPO put out an article about Amy Coney Barrett. So we'll check this out real quick. Uh, the article is, who is Amy Coney Barrett, the judge at the top of Trump's list to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg? And I'm sure that this is going to be a glowing review in case you didn't catch the sarcasm that was very sarcastic um at the top of trump's list to replace ruth bader ginsburg on the supreme court is u.s circuit court judge amy coney barrett a jurist in the mold of late and top late scalia who fulfills nearly all criteria on conservatives wish list i feel like that is meant to be a dig at 48 years old, Barrett could hold the lifetime seat for several decades, which is another thing that folks aren't going to like and are going to rile against, I'm sure. Um, it'll be interesting. This might be the only time that the left within the Trump administration comes out in favor of term limits. <laughs> uh, at 48 years old, she could hold the lifetime seat for several decades. Trump's first two nominees to the nation's highest court Neil M. Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh are in their 50s. Trump's justices will potentially represent one-third of the Supreme Court for generations. Mm. So, why is she at the top of Trump's list, according to the WAPO? Because she is a devout Catholic who is fervently anti-abortion. She appeals to Trump's conservative base, but Republicans also hope that for moderates, such as Susan Collins, her gender makes her a more palatable replacement for Ginsburg, a feminist icon who spent her life fighting for gender equality. Trump considered Barrett in 2018 to replace retired Justice Kennedy, but reportedly said he was saving her for Ginsburg's slot. And that is also what it said on Wiki, and it's uh, ironic given the current circumstances. So her judicial background, uh, she was first nominated to the Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit in 2017. Before that, she taught law at the University of Notre Dame for 15 years. I believe she would also be, and I might be wrong, I think she would be the first justice to not have come from an Ivy League. Interesting fun fact. So she has no previous judicial record prior to that to scrutinize. Um, Democrats back then didn't even like her nomination. And we said, of course, that quote earlier from Dianne Feinstein, picking her apart and saying that she was dogmatic because of her article in 1998 about how justices should recuse themselves. If they are very religious, they should recuse themselves from decisions around the death penalty. And that is why Dianne Feinstein said that she did not believe that Barrett could put aside her religion and do her job properly, basically, and called her dogmatic. Uh, so Democrats questioned whether the academic could be an impartial arbiter because of her deep religious convictions. Republicans accused Democrats of applying a religious test in their questioning. And that will probably be the number one big thing that will come up if she is the pick and there are hearings. Um, I can see that happening all over again. And of course, one of the big 
big arguments that the left has had over the last few years is um, really anti-religion, you know. A lot of the court decisions that have come down about freedom of religion, um, for example, you know, the bake the cake thing, someone didn't want to bake the cake because of their religious views and left said that that was discrimination. And, you know, the left poops on religion every chance they get, basically. And I'm not even a religious person, but I can understand that some people are. And if you're religious, fine. But uh, the left, the left will not take that. Uh, however, Barrett wasn't a total novice to the judicial system. Out of law school, she clerked for Scalia, who she considers a mentor and with whom she shares a belief in originalism, which is the idea that judges should attempt to interpret the words of the Constitution as the authors intended when they were written. My first thought on this is that that would be excellent, 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 excellent for Second Amendment cases, and in fact, she has come out in favor of the Second Amendment before. So um, there, there has been um, supposedly, supposedly one of the reasons why the Supreme Court has not picked up Second Amendment cases in some time is because um, folks didn't think that the court would rule in favor of the Second Amendment because of the imbalance and, you know, Roberts couldn't really be trusted. And quite frankly, he can't really be trusted because he sort of flip flops and goes with whatever public opinion is at the moment. At least he has on his last few decisions, it seems. So if we had someone else in there who could rule in favor of the Second Amendment and set it in stone the way it ought to be, that would be really, really great. But that is going to make Democrats freak the F out. Um, so even this article seems to be mostly focusing on her religion and the religious aspect, which is what I said, that, uh, that, <laughs> that this is going to be the focus. Um, so the impact that she could have on issues such as Roe v. Wade, she says, I would never impose my own personal convictions upon the law. Um, but Democrats pointed to comments she made at Notre Dame years before about being a different kind of lawyer. She said she would always remember that a legal career is but a means to an end, and that end is building the kingdom of God. But again, saying that when you're in a classroom is very different than saying that when you are a Supreme Court justice. Uh, she has previously written that judges shouldn't be held to upholding Supreme Court precedents such as Roe v. Wade in a 2018 Washington Post article that examined how Barrett's beliefs would affect her decision making. Experts who had studied her writings concluded that she would join other conservatives on the court in supporting overturning Roe v. Wade. But at the same time, she also has a belief that you don't overturn past decisions unless you believe that the law was misinterpreted. So that one, I suppose, could go either way. But even if Roe v. Wade was overturned, it would not mean that women's rights to health care or voting, which isn't even involved in Roe v. Wade, but I've seen people saying that, it doesn't mean that women would suddenly lose their rights because Roe v. Wade was overturned. It just means that it would be left to the states rather than on a federal level. And really, that is something that states should be deciding and not the federal government. Quite frankly, I don't know if even states should be deciding that. It should be a personal choice, but that's neither here nor there. 
Um, and then it goes on and it just uh, talks about um, other links to the news about Ginsburg. So that is the update. That is the information that we have going on live. And of course, if you really want a field day, you can go on Twitter and on Facebook and check out all the people that are freaking out and uh, calling for a civil war on the left and calling for riots and destruction. I mean, they're doing that anyway, so I guess it would just be another excuse. Um, let me check the super chats again. Um, Polaris589 says the siege turned into jazz improv. Trump scared the scat out of them. Well, I mean, and Barr coming out and saying that he would want to charge them with sedition, which I don't even know is the right call. Um, but that's not what this particular video is about. Joshua A. Demick saying, I live in Louisville and work as an armed guard at the federal courthouse. Things are worse here than what's being reported. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I can believe that. Um, and Hanger18 says, I enjoy your content, Liberty Doll. Thank you from a Houston area prepper. All right, guys. So we are at the 48-minute mark. Um, I didn't want this video to go too, too long uh, because I know that there are people that prefer the short-form videos. But again, um, I didn't think that this was something that would be good for sitting, writing a script, recording it, editing it, and waiting for the time to upload. So we did live. So hopefully this is a nice uh, balance out for folks that like both. Um, I will probably rip the audio out of this and put it up on the podcast platform as well. So um, again, basics before we sign off. Um, RBG has passed away. Trump is saying that he will have his pick next week. McConnell has said that there will be a vote on it as soon as possible. Top pick looks to be Amy Coney Barrett, as she was one of the top three finalists to fill Kennedy's seat. And she is a circuit court judge currently. Um, she's definitely on the conservative side and leftists are freaking out and threatening civil war riots and property destruction if a, another SCOTUS appointment is made before the election, but we need another SCOTUS appointment before the election, or else uh, all hell will break loose because it is likely that there will be a lot of lawsuits over the results in the mail-in voting and that it'll have to go to SCOTUS anyways. So that is the dealio. Um, Oops, I just saw another super chat come in saying uh, from Mr. Roverpilot saying, did you get my email on the actual requirements for Supreme Court justice? Yes, I did. Thank you. And uh, all right, guys, so like I said, I don't want to keep you guys too long and I have to go make dinner. So hopefully this was informative for everyone and kind of, like I said, fit a little in between of the different kinds of videos I do. I will keep you updated as much as possible. And I'll see you on the next one. So we'll do the we'll do the Liberty video outro for this. Thanks for tuning in. Um, please, if you're new here, like, subscribe, leave a comment down below if you didn't watch this live. Um, check out all of the affiliates. Oh, that I did not put in the description. So I guess I'll put it in after the fact. And uh, 
Thanks for tuning in and helping me to spread the message of liberty. Good night, everyone. Bye.